It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, you can also text Eric to 33777. Get the show notes, the live stream, the podcast, all that. There's breaking news. Kevin McCarthy is announcing he will leave Congress at the end of the year. That will give the with George Santos being ousted. That will give the GOP a two seat margin of control, uh, and then Congressman Johnson is retiring, and that will give the GOP a one seat margin of control, um, which means probably there will be nothing that the House can do to get anything done. Um, that that's happening now. Breaking news. Uh, Kevin McCarthy will be leaving Congress at the end of the year because, I mean, if he can't have power, he doesn't want to stay. All he ever wanted was to be speaker. Who cares about the GOP majority now that he can't lead it? That's 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 that. Okay. Um, I, 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 I had so much I wanted to tell you out of the gate today, and now I can't remember any of it except this. Um, there are and I realize this mostly applies to my Georgia audience and not for the rest of you, Uh, but my friend Clark Howard every year does Clark's Christmas Kids where he tries to get people to help him buy Christmas presents for every child in foster care throughout the state of Georgia. We are, when I was on the program yesterday talking about there were about 16,700 kids who needed presents. Right now there are 15,551. So We've only covered about a thousand more kids since I was on air yesterday afternoon. If you can contribute at all, you you can either pick out a kid, pick out a present, or just give a cash donation online at clarkschristmaskids.com. If you text donate to 33777, I will send you the link to clarkschristmaskids.com. And, and for those of you who don't know, this program, he's been doing this now for a very long time. I forget how many years now. Uh, he partners with the Society of St. Vincent de Paul and others. And you literally, if you want to do something kind for Christmas, there are right now 15,551 children in foster care in the state of Georgia who need Christmas presents, who will not get a Christmas present unless people step up. So uh, if you can help, uh, text the word DONATE to 33777. I'll text you back the link to ClarksChristmasKids.com. 
any of you nationwide, I realize it's, it's only in Georgia where this is happening, but any of you who want to help get a present for a kid in foster care this Christmas, there are 15,551. Um, now that I've been talking, 15,499 kids who need presents this Christmas season, and they won't get them without you. Um, Clarkschristmaskids.com or text donate to 33777. I want to begin, um, and I'm going to play a lot of audio this hour. And I just, I want you to know I'm playing this audio. This is powerful stuff. You probably have heard yesterday that the presidents of MIT, Harvard, and the University of Pennsylvania were summoned to the House of Representatives and asked if calling for genocide against the Jews violated their policies on harassment and bullying. And they said it depended on the context. I want to give you the context. Before I play their audio, Speaker Johnson had a number of Harvard, uh, MIT, and UPenn students show up yesterday to talk about what's happening on campus. And listen, this audio is it's three to five minutes long, all of it, and it's so essential that you hear. This is happening not in the Middle East. It's not happening in Europe. This is happening on campuses, Ivy League campuses in the United States of America. This is Talia Khan. She is a student at MIT. Safe on campus. Thank you so much, Representative Fox and Representative Stefanik for inviting me here today. My name is Talia Khan. I am an undergraduate alumna of MIT and a current graduate student at MIT. I am the daughter of a Jewish mother and an Afghan Muslim immigrant father. I am the proud president of the MIT Israel Alliance and I am a Jewish student currently immersed in an extremely toxic anti-Semitic atmosphere at MIT. The MIT administration, namely President Sally Kornbluth, has failed to address the crisis of rampant anti-Semitism on campus. There is a radical anti-Israel group at MIT called the CAA. In recent weeks, the CIA's anti-Semitic rhetoric has shifted the culture on campus to such an extreme of intolerance that 70% of MIT's Jewish students polled feel forced to hide their identities and perspectives. An Israeli student whose identity and personal info was sold online for a bounty has not left his dorm room in weeks out of fear due to death threats. For my part, I was forced to leave my study group for my doctoral exams halfway through the semester because my group members told me that the people at the Nova Music Festival deserved to die because they were partying on stolen land. After a postdoc at MIT said that Jewish Israelis want to enslave the world in a global apartheid system. He falsely claimed that Israel harvests Palestinian organs and implied that the quote, average Israeli is a Nazi. The DEI officer of his department replied by telling us that nothing he said was hate speech and that the organ harvesting conspiracy theory was, quote, confirmed. Day after day, the MIT administration has failed to enforce its own rules on anti-Semitic actors, such as the interfaith chaplain intimidating Jewish students, DEI staff publicly declaring that Israel has no right to exist, 
faculty dismissing student concerns for their safety by telling them that if they are scared, they should just go back to Israel. CAA protesters blocking the hallways, storming the offices of the MIT Israel internship offices, and harassing the staff and faculty there, and inviting dangerous outsiders to campus to join them in yelling hateful and violent chants. This is the same climate of anti-Semitism that has led to massacres of Jews throughout the centuries. This is not just harassment. This is our lives on the line. The MIT administration has punted disciplinary processes to a faculty committee on discipline, which has thus far not received a single one of our complaints. MIT admin has even failed to staff a new task force against hate, which will duly combat anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. This atmosphere is intolerable. Jewish students do not believe that the MIT administration has done an adequate job to make students feel safe on campus. That's Talia Khan. She's at MIT. This is Jonathan Frieden. He is a student at Harvard Law. Thank you for having me here. My name is Jonathan Frieden, and I'm currently a student at Harvard Law School. I would like to share with you what my experience has been like since October 7th at Harvard Law School and after over 30 student clubs signed on to a statement explicitly blaming Israel for the murder and the rape of their own people. Multiple times a week, on my way to class, I walk by mobs of people chanting from the river to the sea, which is a call for the destruction of the state of Israel. Most recently, we have you outnumbered and globalize the intifada. An intifada is an uprising, and the last two were marked by blowing up buses and restaurants. One day a few weeks ago, I was in a study room in the law school while classes were going on, and a mob of 200 people, many of whom not only were not law students, were not Harvard affiliates, got into our building, marched down the halls chanting these phrases. Jews took off their kippot, and I, I watched someone hide under a desk. Many of my friends ran up to the dean of students and DEI office but they had locked their doors for their own safety. This was such a clear safety concern. It was also explicitly against school policy as it disrupted class. We heard nothing from Harvard. No email, nothing. I talk to my Jewish friends on campus every day. They tell me how afraid they are to go to class. They share hate messages. They are receiving from other students on social media, including comparing Jews to Nazis. And they ask us, and they ask me, for safety advice because of the lack of effective communication from the university. So you might ask, what's the administration doing? We've brought them policy violations, proof that they happened, and photos of the student handbook that were explicitly violated. When they respond, if at all, Responses are empty and meaningless. Responses such as, we are aware of the situation. This is not how the university would treat other groups. We are happy that Harvard has created an anti-Semitism advisory board, but there is no transparency about what they do. They seemingly don't have executive power. They are certainly not accessible to students. I've personally asked to meet with them multiple times for weeks, and they have not responded to me. 
and no one knows what happens when you send them an incident report. We are not asking to limit free speech. We are asking the university to enforce their policies to ensure safety and a climate conducive to education. The administration has asked us to abide by the rules, and we have unequivocally. It seems more and more that this rule only applies to Jews, as broken rules are not being enforced or outwardly reprimanded. I want to be clear. This is not just about the Middle East. This is anti-Semitism right here in our homes, on our campuses. It is dangerous. It is going unchecked. And everyone that does not join to put a stop to it is part of the problem. That's Jonathan Frieden. He is a law student at Harvard University. Oh, but it gets worse. Wait until I play the audio of what happened at the University of Pennsylvania. Hard to fathom that something like this would happen on an American college campus, and yet it's happening. And I've got the audio of the presidents of these universities when they are asked if championing the genocide of Jews violates their student code of conduct. And of course, they all denied it, but uh, it's it's remarkable to actually hear. I've got that audio. I, I got to play you, though, the, the student, Ethan um, Fishberger. When we come back, he's at the University of Pennsylvania. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint, you want an HR manager, you don't want to be the bad guy with your employees, Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations, they help your team members get to peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They, you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. I honestly, I'm not going to have time for your calls this hour because I've got so much audio that uh, I really feel strongly needs to be played. Uh, Eaton, uh, Eton Fishberger was a sergeant in the IDF. He's now at the University of Pennsylvania, and I want to play you his audio, but I don't have really sufficient time in this segment to be able to play it, and it's it's really powerful audio. And I really, really want you to come back after the bottom of the hour break because you need to hear this guy. Um, it's what's happening on our college campuses, of course, 
is the natural fallout of teaching everyone through a critical through critical theory and intersectionalism that there are oppressors and oppressed and where the left has descended in this educational instruction is essentially the darker the color of someone's skin the more oppressed the person is and because many of the jews of today are descended from those who lived in Europe prior to the Holocaust. They are presumed to be colonizers of a people who actually were the original colonizers. You know, the the Jews lived for about 4,000 years on the land until the Roman emperors tossed them out and allowed uh, Arab tribes to colonize the land, who then converted to Islam. I mean, one of the great colonizers on the planet was a guy named Muhammad who uh, marched across uh, the Middle East and North Africa, converting people and uh, taking over land. It's, but you don't get that from the history lessons of the critical theorists who put everything uh, in a lens based on skin color. It's a, it's a deep, deep racism within the lens of critical theory to the extent that now uh, on these college campuses at the University of Pennsylvania, Harvard, MIT, If you misgender someone, you will be disciplined. But if you tell Jews that they should die in ovens, they say you got to understand the proper context. Think about it. Think about that. This is not this is not hypothetical. At Harvard University, you you heard the young man from Harvard Law School and, and the problems that they've encountered on campus at Harvard. They suspended a professor because she went on television. She's an evolutionary biologist and said there are only uh, male and female sexes. And they put her on a leave of absence because what she said offended students. But if you march through the campus of Harvard yelling death to the Jews from river to sea, well, it depends on the context. And, And it was just words. It wasn't actions. We can't really do anything because of free speech. Look. I'm fine with free speech, but this goes beyond free speech. They're marching through campus dorm hallways, intending to intimidate students. I mean, it is it is willful intimidation. And it's remarkable to me that at the Ivy League, this is happening. There's a number of the billionaire investment managers out there, uh, Mark Rowan from Apollo, uh, Bill Ackman from Pershing Square, they're cutting back their donations. You know how you can forcibly change Harvard, MIT, and uh, Penn tomorrow? You could stop hiring their students. They, You can go quite a while without giving them money, and they'll be fine because they're endowments. You stop hiring their students into your network of companies, they will make change tomorrow because that networking and, and access is what they crave. You deny them. You hire from the SEC and the ACC instead. You'll see profound change overnight at these campuses. Something for them to think about. Now, before we – please, please, please come back after this break and, and listen to Mr. Fishberger and his statements about what's happening at Penn. It'll blow your mind. Right now, I need to tell you about Vision Computer uh, you know, I, I got an email yesterday from a listener who was on their way to Vision, figuring out that Vision would actually service a computer that wasn't one of their own, and they will. And for you, if you go to a big box store, you buy a computer for your home or your office, and you're having trouble with it, Vision will take care of you as well. But better yet, you could go let Vision build the computer for you, laptop or desktop, and then they can service the computer for you. 
They service the computer. You call them day or night. They have a special phone number just for you. They answer 15 seconds or less. You can get an answer from them on something with your computer faster than a Google search. You just want to know how to do something on your computer, they can tell you. And they can remote in if there's ever a problem. They can help you with email setup, printer setup, you name it. All you do is go to visioncomputers.com. Better yet, if you call them at 404-COMPUTE, any of you nationwide, Kalispell, Montana, to Las Vegas, Nevada, to Miami, Florida, you call them and you can let them build your computer and be your service department. So your employees at your small business, they just call Vision. You don't have to hire someone and pay them an exorbitant sum to stay on the payroll to fix computers. You let Vision take care of it. It saves you money and they give you great service. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Let Vision Computers take care of your home and your office. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, I'm playing yesterday as college presidents of the Ivy League were testifying in Congress about anti-Semitism. Students were holding a press conference with the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, discussing things that have been happening on college campuses. And the situation has been bad at MIT. The situation has been bad at Harvard. But it has perhaps been worse at the University of Pennsylvania than any other college campus. Let me set the scene for you. A a couple of weeks before the October 7th massacre by Hamas, the University of Pennsylvania held a Palestinian book fair where the lead speaker, the keynote speaker, called for the abolition of Israel and the destruction of the Jewish people. And the university administration defended it as free speech, that though they disagreed, the person had the right to speak. After the October 7th events, there were protests on campus in favor of the Palestinian people and Hamas, and there has been violence on that campus and willful intimidation, and the university president has been remarkably silent about it. Even as other presidents of universities and colleges in the area in Pennsylvania have denounced it, the university president herself at Penn, at Penn has been quiet. This is uh, Etan Fish, uh, Fishberger. He's a student at the University of Pennsylvania. Listen to some of the stuff that's happened at this particular campus. In Pennsylvania, in the United States of America, not, not the Middle East, not Europe, not Asia, here in this country. Well, I'm both honored and thankful to be here. I should not be here today. I should be studying for my upcoming finals. I should be taking in every moment, every experience as an undergraduate student in my senior year of college. So while I should not be here today, I am. Because 36 hours ago, I, along with most of campus, sought refuge in our rooms as classmates and professors chanted proudly for the genocide of Jews while igniting smoke bombs and defacing school property. The neighboring university's president immediately released a statement describing this as a brazen display of anti-Semitism. He went on saying, silence in the face of last night's demonstration of anti-Semitism and hate near our doorstep is not an option for me. Well, the doorstep of the neighboring university is in fact Penn. 
And in fact, Penn's president did choose silence. The neighboring university's president swiftly denounced the incident, and yet our president cannot. Because the glorious October 7th, and you're a dirty little Jew, you deserve to die, are words said not by Hamas, but by my classmates and professors. And because despite all of this, I am adamant and hopeful that we will not accept, least of all embrace, this horrific new normal on college campuses today. On October 7th, Israel was attacked. Since October 7th, American Jews have been under attack. My name is Ayal Yacobi, and I am a proud American studying at the University of Pennsylvania. I love Penn. I've wanted to attend this university since before I can remember. I'm here because the Penn I attend today is unrecognizable from the Penn I once used to know. Penn, once renowned for groundbreaking discoveries like the mRNA vaccine, is now a chilling landscape of hatred and hostility. Our university, revered for its pursuit of knowledge, has devolved into an arena where Jewish students tiptoe through their days, uncertain and unsafe. The situation at Penn has escalated into a full-blown crisis, with students openly asserting their intentions to proceed with plans with or without university permission. During COVID, strict guidelines governed everything from class attendance and graduation walks. Yet now, when students and faculty defy policies to intimidate Jewish students, where is the same resolute enforcement? For the past three weeks inside Houston Hall, our student center, an anti-Semitic headquarters has been erected with signs spreading Hamas propaganda. The organizers, both Penn-affiliated and not, were initially asked to leave as they are trespassing on campus property. Well, three weeks later, they are still sleeping there, and countless Jewish students have been harassed, yet the anti-Semitic dormitory remains. Clearly, both a disregard for school policies and permission to disregard them by a university unwilling to do anything. Not only are tensions palpable, but there have also been materialized actions taken to intimidate and harm students. A bomb threat against Hillel, a swastika spray painted, the Hillel and Chabad houses vandalized, a professor posting the armed wing of Hamas's logo on Facebook, a Jewish student accosted, Jews are Nazis, etched adjacent to Penn's Jewish fraternity house. Why doesn't the university hold the perpetrators of such acts accountable? Is the university fearful that they may offend those who wish to intimidate and harass their fellow students? Penn's ambivalence fuels a crisis that has shattered my academic sanctuary. Policies meant to safeguard us have become hollow promises. And let us be clear, if they fail Jewish students today, tomorrow they will fail the rest of us. Um. By the way, Alia Kobe, I'm sorry, it was Eden Fishberger who who posted it. Um, This is happening on American college campuses. SWAT stickers carved into doors and spray painted. Jewish students harassed because they are Jewish. This is happening here in this country. We committed to never again, and it's happening here. It's happening here. This is it's it's absurd. I, now I've got I want to play you this this. This is the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania asked by Elise Stefanik yesterday under oath 
about this issue, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate the university's code of conduct regarding bullying and harassment? Does M at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of antisemitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. Except they don't. Except they don't. Now, I want to put this in context for you. Yesterday, in the United States House of Representatives, the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania, when asked if calling for the genocide of Jews violates those universities' policies on harassment and bullying, they said essentially no depending on the context. If it becomes conduct, if, if someone attempts to commit the genocide of Jews, then yeah, it's a problem. But if you just say, 
we support the genocide of Jews, all Jews should die, then that's just free speech. And now technically they're right, it's just free speech. But there's an ongoing pattern of intimidation of Jewish students on these college campuses, and these college campus presidents aren't doing anything about it. The president of Harvard University says if there is intimidation of students on campus, it's actionable, except students from Harvard who are Jewish are saying they've had their campus dorms stormed by pro-Palestinian protesters chanting death to the Jews, targeting Jewish students for harassment, such that Jewish students have had to hide on campus and Dr. Gay, the president of Harvard, has done nothing, and I want to put this in proper context for you. Carol Hoven is an evolutionary biologist at Harvard. Carol Hoven went on Fox News and said, there are only two sexes. Harvard forced her to take a leave of absence because it upset students. Harvard pushed Carol Hoven, an evolutionary biologist, into taking a leave of absence because by saying there are only two sexes on television, she caused a firestorm on campus. People did not feel safe. The Harvard president has refused to take action against students and professors supporting Hamas, calling, literally calling for the elimination of Jews. There has been ongoing systemic harassment of Jewish students at Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania. The presidents of Harvard, Penn, and MIT refuse to say calling for the genocide of Jews violates their university student code of conduct. However, if you misgender a student on campus or call for the genocide of transgender people, you will be punished by these universities and the presidents of the universities will condemn you. So if you call for the genocide of the trans community, these presidents of these universities believe you violated their student code of conduct. If you call for the genocide of Jews, they say in their congressional testimony, it all depends on the context in which you called for the genocide of Jews. This is unconscionable. This is the banality of evil at play in testimony before Congress. These three women should resign their presidencies. And to the donors of these universities who are outraged by this, not giving money isn't the way to change it because they've got massive endowments and they'll, in their anti-capitalist ways, view it as virtue that you, the robber barons of the age, have refused to write them checks. They'll view themselves as martyrs for a worthy cause. However, if you stop hiring their students, they'll change tomorrow. The SEC, the ACC, so many colleges, state schools in southern and midwestern states turn out brilliant graduates who can do the same work for you that the Harvard, MIT, and Penn students do at the same academic level and the same rigor and probably a better work ethic without the woke nonsense. You start hiring from them and stop hiring from the Ivy League, the Ivy League changes tomorrow. That's on you. you got to make that choice. 
not writing a check won't change a thing. Changing your hiring policies absolutely will. You as a business should be willfully discriminating against the Ivy League right now because you're getting students from colleges that cannot say calling for the genocide of Jews is anything other than evil. All right. Andrew, I know you told me something in my ear, but I couldn't hear you because I was yelling at my audience. (laughs) Patriot Mobile. That's what Andrew said. You got to remind people about Patriot. Yes. Patriot Mobile is battling the wokes. Um, You should join them. You can move your cell phone service to Patriot. Uh, All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, and you can sign up. You can move your existing cell phone number to them. Now, here's the deal. They're a Christian conservative company. They share your values, and as their profits grow, they're giving to the conservative causes you care about grow. You do that, and it's uh, a great way to compound your giving to the conservative movement. If you don't want to do it online, you want to do it by phone, call them at 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers you're probably already using, and then you're compounding your giving to the conservative causes you care about with Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to this hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are, buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, First Liberty can help you. First Liberty uh, GA.com is their website. If you need $250,000 or more and your lender is giving you the runaround and doesn't see the opportunity that you do, First Liberty might be able to help you. They make their own decisions. FirstLibertyGA.com. And the Frost family would much prefer me just tell you they want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, I I, I, I got to mention before I get out of this hour um, one thing in particular. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, he's had a moment, uh, did the debate with Ron DeSantis, toured China, all of that. Uh, the governor of California has canceled the annual Christmas tree lighting ceremony in Sacramento. There was word that uh, pro-Hamas protesters were going to show up and disrupt the event. So they've canceled the Christmas tree lighting. It will happen virtually now. You know, we used to say this is letting the terrorists win, and it actually is letting the terrorists win. They wanted to disrupt a ceremony, so they canceled the ceremony so that it wouldn't be disrupted. Uh, You've given the hecklers a veto. This is cowardice, and it will embolden more of this stuff. It's something we used to know, learn, uh, mark, inwardly digest that you can't let the hecklers and the terrorists win, Gavin Newsom. This is spineless. The governor of California cancels a Christmas tree lighting ceremony that has happened for years and years because pro-Hamas demonstrators might show up and disrupt it, as opposed to you show up with law enforcement and you shut them down, let them protest, give them a place where they can protest, but you light the Christmas tree. You don't let the terrorists win, and instead, Gavin Newsom has decided to let the terrorists win. 
Gavin Newsom has canceled the Christmas tree lighting. He's going to do it virtually now, virtually, so that the hecklers win, the hecklers veto. This is spinelessness. This is cowardice. Uh, this this shows you the man who who plays some sort of strong leader is weak in the face of progressive opposition. The Democrats are too scared of alienating Hamas supporters. You have a political party that lectures us that Donald Trump is some sort of authoritarian terrorist, and yet they're the ones who can't be bold lest they alienate terrorists from voting for them next year. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.